and we're back. <laughs> just like that. Yeah, we never even left. It's just like we were here the whole time, except for that month and a half. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hope you had a good summer and stayed healthy and dodged bullets. And uh, we'll start off with a few things, did I guess. Did some fun things. Did some fun things. Like we did. Got out. Uh, yeah, before the wildfire smoke set in, we got out for a bit of a camp. That was kind of cool. Just generally enjoyed the outside. Yeah. The West Coast, as yeah. it were. Uh, a few things. Uh, welcome, you found us. Reviews from the crawl space. We don't do music anymore. Now it's movies and TV. <laughs> uh, that's Vicky over there. And maybe games sometimes. And some yeah, some games coming up. I'm Douglas. And uh, Hi. yeah, this is episode 13 of season two. Uh, I'm going to bring you lots of the good stuff. Uh, the actors, the, the whole strike going on with the actors and all that, that's going. We, we support those guys. And actually, they're folding in the video game guys now into that strike. So Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Good for them. There's definitely going to be a huge lack of content. People don't, I don't think people get it. Yeah. It was just coming from one stretch of uh, time where there was no content to another. So that's kind of like, uh, we're kind of ahead of the game. And we see more YouTube channels and more podcasts doing what we've done already yeah. and yeah. there goes like oh shit we gotta start talking They're about taking our jobs. yeah they gotta start talking about something other than marvel movies that come out every fucking week <laughs> so now they've got nothing else so they're doing what we're doing which is guiding our fellow listeners through you know through through movie and film and and, and just find, giving you the good stuff to go and watch especially this time where we're gonna you know yeah, and while we were on hiatus, we had a little bit of a chance to talk a little bit more about our format. Yes, we've kind of and, narrowed our format down. For the next little while anyways, this is we're going to try and do one classic older movie. Yep. Uh, we're going to do one that there's a huge disparity between the critics and the audience and yep. scores. Yep. And then we're going to pay homage to a dead actor. Dead, <laughs> yeah, dead actor. So what we'll do is we'll focus like... Yeah, per month, so four, generally four episodes, we'll just, each one, those last ones will be somebody, yeah, yeah that could be passed away, passed that, away we that we love, yeah. yeah, it could be anybody, so, yeah, we're kind of going to do a little more like that, and then with Shocktober, stare, uh, you know, staring, oh, right, staring right, down right. the barrel of Shocktober, that may change for that month a little bit, we might get loosey-goosey, we haven't, haven't figured that out yet. And we might just take on a whole this format like for the whole month of October a horror theme. A horror theme, yes, yeah. to some degree or another, whether it's comedy or gore, like yeah, for sure. We and still he, could do our. I was going to say our format yeah, would, our would format still there, yeah. would still work. Um, so with that, that's coming up. We also want to talk about physical media, uh, especially with all the striking going on and all the fuckery with the streaming services and how little they pay fucking actors and workers like those guys who did squid game got nothing man yeah. zero yeah so physical media physical media is really one of the only ways left now you want to you want to support the thing you love and you want to make sure they those actors get a cut if they, it's in their, if it's negotiated in their contract physical media we've really been buying a lot more of it lately and we kind of hope more more and more people too and actually i want to mention not only just because of that but something we've used on on this show as an example of a problem with them not bringing enough physical media, Prey, mm. a movie that we love, is actually coming to 4K at the beginning of October. Yes. So they, they're listening to us. They're going to give us the goods. So I, I'm digging that, man. Uh, it makes me quite happy. Uh, so anything else before we start? I think that's it. That's okay. all our housekeeping. Yeah, that seems to be about it. I mean, there's lots of stuff to talk about. We just started playing Starfield. We could talk, like, I mean, there's so much we could talk about with that. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, there's a ton of shows that are really wrapping up right now that we could talk about. The Foundation, The After Party, 
just a bunch of stuff coming kind of coming to an end for the season. Oh, what we do in the shadows ended. So yeah, there's lots that we could talk about, but that's not for today. Today we got something else. And what do we have? All right. This week we've got 2013. And oh, I'm glad you're ready. I stole as long as I could. 1985. Sorry, I, uh, 1985. I didn't write the years down. Okay, so this week we're talking about a movie from 1956 called The Killing. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a movie from 2013 called We're the Millers, one that neither one of us had seen before. Yeah, no. Um, and then in honor of Paul Rubens passing away, we're going to talk about 1985, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yep. And, and it's funny because the, the actor that we were going to talk about in that place originally is also part of the movie. So it actually kind of works out quite well. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. So, yeah. The Killing, 1956. There's lots of tension. There's things happening. There's gunfire. It's black and white. You like money? You got a great big dollar sign there where most women have a heart. So play it smart. Play in character and you'll have money. Plenty of it. George will have it. He'll blow it all on you. Johnny, I'm no good for anybody else. I'm not pretty and I'm not very smart, so please don't leave me alone anymore. He means you can. <laughs> no kidding, guys. Why they didn't like talking in their trailers back then it's just no, it's just that it it's just that music yeah and then read <laughs> boom there we go all right <laughs> so the killing uh 1956 the rating is approved one hour and 24 minutes <laughs> it's rated as a crime a drama and film noir so obviously black and white yes uh summary crook Johnny Clay assembles a five-man team to plan and execute a daring racetrack robbery. Yep. As you can see, my muscle isn't working. Yeah, it's, it's coming back from vacation, baby. <laughs> um, starring Sterling Hayden as Johnny Clay. Johnny, uh, I love it. Johnny Guitar is in this movie as Johnny Clay. Yeah. <laughs> 13 acting credits from 1941 to 1982. He died in 1986. So he's... Uh, Hold on a second. Johnny Guitar, he said you said he only had 13 acting credits? Oh, maybe that's... Oh, 73. That's better. Oh, my God. 73 acting credits <laughs> from 41 to 82. 
so we've also talked about Sterling Hayden recently in episode nine mm-hmm. in the movie uh, Johnny Guitar. Johnny Guitar. He's Johnny Guitar. He was also in The Godfather in 1972. It's been a long time. I'd have to watch it again. Uh, Colleen Gray as Faye, 108 acting credits from 1945 to 1986. Many of them are highly rated movies. Maybe oh. you should check some out. Yeah, I was going to say, she didn't seem familiar to me at all. Uh, Vince Edwards as Val Cannon, 88 acting credits from 1947 to 1985. Probably most famous for uh, playing Dr. Ben Casey in his series Ben Casey from 1961 oh. to 66, and that was on television. Yeah, TV series, yeah. Director, and this was uh, kind of a sh- surprise for me, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, it's funny because when we came into the killing, uh, when we're looking at it, we didn't even realize that. We just picked it because it, like, it had that Sterling guy. It yeah. was highly rated. Yeah. looked interesting. But yeah, I didn't even realize it was just really his first real... Exactly, yeah. yeah. 16 directing credits from 1951 to 1999. Oh. This was his first big Hollywood gig. Yep. He would go on to direct such classics as 2001 A Space Odyssey, A Clockwork Orange, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, Eyes Wide Shut which was his last film. Yeah, he this, was 28 years old I was when say, he did yeah, the killing. He was just 28, and this really fucking launched a bunch of different things. Yeah. His, not only his career, but it made essentially everybody in Hollywood take notice. Oh, like, definitely. This definitely. is the dude you got to work with. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, writers on this movie, Stanley Kubrick, 14 writing credits, Eyes Wide Shut, Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. The Shining, uh, Barry Lyndon, Clockwork Orange, 2001, A Space Odyssey, and The Killing. Uh, second writer was Jim Thompson, 20 writing credits, mostly novels that movies were based on. Yeah, that's like just novels. The yeah. Getaway. Oh, he was a, uh, oh wow. He wrote The Getaway. Huh. Uh, he also wrote um, a, mov- a novel called The Grifters, which was made into a movie, movie. in 1990. Yeah. Angelica Houston, John Cusack, and Annette Benning. Oh, weird. And I thought, that's funny, because that would explain why when we watched The Player why those group of people were sitting at the table anyways it's uh yeah that, that's that, that's interesting I, I didn't know any of that that's like continue that's, yeah that's interesting. Kind of, that's yeah. Interesting facts. <laughs> and the last writer on this was lionel white eight writing credits another one of those whose novels became movies he did the money trap in 1965 uh his book was based on that movie yeah uh with glenn ford elkie summer and rita hayworth hmm yeah, some of those, sometimes it's writers are like that. Like, it's just they just do the books and then they... Uh, Michael Crichton's a great example of that Certainly, where it's yeah. just a fucking movie factory. Yeah, totally. Totally. And that's not a negative thing. I'm not saying that's a negative. It's just that's oh, no. that's the writer, that and uh, Tom Clancy is a good oh, one, no. too. Oh, no, yeah. So many books we've read over yeah. our lifetime have been made into movies. Some not so good, but others... It's okay. interesting it was the same guy by The Getaway because I, I felt there's a lot of similarities to these movies and I think that... I, I kind of say it a little bit later. I think if this movie was made a bit later, it would be more violent, like like that movie, The Getaway, or like some of the Sam Peckinpah stuff. Because this movie wanted to. It's right on the verge of it mm-hmm. there. So, Yeah, definitely. Uh, filming locations. May, Bay Meadows Racetrack in San Mateo, California. Uh, the L.A. Airport and the Greyhound Bus Station. Ooh, all the sights and sounds. All the sights and sounds. That's it for me. Okay, I'll just quickly, like you said, 1956 is PG, which is, yeah, makes sense. Uh, hour 24, for sure. I love that it's so short. 
Yeah. Uh, it's one of the fucking things I love about this movie so much. Uh, it's not available on streaming now. It was on Prime, but they just yanked it like literally the day after we watched it. They pulled it. Yeah, because we were going to watch it again yeah. the other day. <laughs> yeah, because we were like, there's so many things about this movie we want to see again. Uh, so it's not on streaming for, for that way, but you can get it for rent or buy on Prime or Google or Apple, whatever. Uh, it is available on 4K Blu-ray. And it's a Criterion disc as well, Blu-ray DVD. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I just got, in, last year, it just got the 4K treatment. So yeah. I would consider this one also. Um, just like yeah. yeah, just like Night of the Hunter. Um, uh, ratings. Internet Movie Database gives us a 7.9, and it gets a meta score of 91. Hmm. That's the only ratings I could find for it. Interesting. Uh, music by Gerald Freed. Jerry, composer with... a. 144 credits. Uh, nom he was nominated for Birds Do It, Bees Do It from 1976. <laughs> he he won for that. It says nominated, but I think he won for maybe not for the main song, but for just for like the score overall. Right. He won a primetime Emmy for his work with uh, Quincy Jones on Roots. Oh, interesting. And he, otherwise, he's known for he did all the stuff for Gunsmoke, Rawhide. Uh, like half of Gilligan's Island, The Man from Uncle. I said Roots already. Oh wow! Paths of uh, Paths of Glory, which is the movie after this that Kubrick did with uh, Kurt. I'll say Kurt Russell, but not Kurt Russell. Uh, Douglas. Douglas. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cinematography. Uh, guy we've actually had on the show before, uh, Lucian Ballard. Best known for his work with Sam Peckinpah. 151 credits. The Getaway, The Wild Bunch, True Grit, and the original The Parent Trap is a wild combination of movies. Oh, I'll say. Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disney Parent Trap, and then The Getaway and The Wild Bunch. Uh, uh. <laughs> Just some easy viewing. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's that. It's it for me. So we can get into actually chit chatting about it. And I'm gonna start because the cinematography right away is one of the fucking best things. There's so many best things about this movie, but the cinematography. Because you are just thrown into this flick. You're not given anything. It's just somebody's pulled a car up beside you and is like, quick, get in, no time to explain. You get in the fucking car. Because then it's just like, it, it there's so much energy. It takes you along. There's all these dolly and tracking shots. So the characters are walking and talking. It's right there with you. You feel like you're walking with these guys. You're right in the fucking mix. The way the, the, the cinematography is shot when they're talking and stuff. Like You're in the room with these guys. And you're just following along with this crew and this heist and... Man, I love it. And it also work, works really well because it's also a non-linear um, storytelling, which you got a little something about that. I do, yeah. So what do you got? Oh, just that the initial test screenings were poor, uh, citing the non-linear linear structure of the main problem. People in the 50s. That's the main problem. Yeah, they couldn't handle the, the non-linear Tarantino shit yet. Yeah, Kubrick was forced to go back and edit the film in the linear fashion, actually making the film even more confusing. <laughs> in the end, it was released in its original form, and it's often cited as being a huge influence on non-linear films such as Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Quentin Tarantino has cited this film as being a major influence on Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah, because that's why, and it works great that way. But like I said, you're just throwing it in the mix, and it's just like, go. And it's so, sh the movie's short. It doesn't fuck around. If this movie was made now, it would be like three goddamn hours long. Yeah. It would be an intermission and shit. But it's like 80-some minutes. In, 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 there isn't an ounce. It's so lean. Yeah. There's no junk throwaway parts. There's no, let's go here. It's just like boom, 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 boom. That was one thing that I liked about the movie, too, is that it just got... They, it just got right to into it. it right from the very from the get go. It just it sets up your fucking characters right they, away. They boom. planned it. Yeah. They did it, and 
Yeah. It was over. It's a big planet. They introduce each of the little characters for yeah. their heist. Yeah. They give you enough to know the, their individual characters or their individual jobs. Yeah, and who, who they are they're and not, what, yeah, you know, they why have a, they're there. They give them a little... They give them a little backstory, a little something, just yeah. to make them real characters. And then it's, yeah. like you said, it's off. Yeah, totally. And going on, and it's just like, yeah, man, fuck. Like I said, in this movie, like, thinking about it again, and just looking at the trailer, which we didn't fucking play, is, um, like I said, if this was out even 10, 15 years later, this would be a much more violent movie. Because, man, when when, that, uh, when fucking Johnny Guitar is walking around with the, the mask or the shotgun. Oh, yeah, the clown mask. It's so fucking badass. There's some great imagery in there that, like I said, nowadays, it'd be a bloodbath. But yeah. um, surprisingly, this movie is very it uses the violence like really sparingly like there's very little gun actual gunplay yeah it's not gory you no hear, no not you in the hear 50s gunshots yeah. but yeah know, I, I think a dude dude gets shot but there's no blood or anything yeah, like that yeah. it's it's 50 style violence yeah but there's some pretty badass stuff in here um i love the score too uh just uh it's just like it works so well but it, there was other times where it just it didn't need it to be there. It was just like whatever was going on. Yeah, I I, I love this. Uh, going back to the cinematography and the and the tracking dolly shots and the flow of the movie because it really sets it up. First, we're just moving and bobbing and weaving. Uh, Kubrick, this is the first movie, like you said, a real Hollywood movie. He wasn't allowed to direct and be cinematographer at the same time. It was the rules. So he had to get Lucian, this guy here. <laughs> they did not get along. They wanted to shoot the movie entirely different from each other so it got to the Kubrick was just like we're gonna be doing it my fucking way so it got to the point where Lucian didn't even show up to to do dailies anymore or anything like that he would just like essentially be there because he was contractually obligated but it was mostly Kubrick and he was just like in full control and I have no problem with that because well it's very obvious from his later films that he's he's got such vision yeah he, he's got the vision he knows how to achieve it and it just the guy was kind of getting his way which is a shame because i like this guy because he shot the getaway and some other other stuff that i really we're talking about that weird combination oh yeah the wild bunch fucking great yeah. so yeah it's just kind of funny like they clash and eventually he was just like i'm not even going to show up for the dailies anymore <laughs> you just do your thing man well and the film's probably better for it agreed uh, the acting we talked about not just them the way the script sets up the characters but the but the actors individually whether the women or the dudes they're fucking fantastic everybody's doing a good job like an excellent job in this yeah. and and a lot of the faces other than Sterling Hayden we only know him from Johnny, Johnny Guitar, Guitar yeah. um, the faces aren't familiar at all not at all which I think helps yeah because it's like this could easily be like a wild bunch situation where it's like fucking Borg 9 and you know and fucking McQueen and all this shit but it's not, and I think that really, for me, helps. It's just you're in, you, you know, you believe these people, you're in a heist, and it's just like, go. Um, I'm just looking at it, because i got quite a bit of stuff here. Yeah, you said the Reservoir, shot in 24 days, so it's a pretty quick shoot as well. Yeah, so there's no messing around, was there? No, this is a very <laughs> tight... <laughs> the story's tight, the shoot days were tight. Yeah, I'm just looking at the, my rest of my... No, I, I'm good, I got it all here. Yeah, I, uh, I highly recommend this movie. This is one of those ones that, because like for me, uh, particularly, I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of older movies and even in film school and shit, I always dodged them because I just, a lot of them are just boring bullshit and they just happen to be out first and that's why people like them. But we've really managed to find, we found some good ones so yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really digging some of that. We got, uh, that, uh, Night of the Hunter. We got this one. We got the other one with Mitchum that we did with him and Kirk Douglas. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, 
oh, which one was that? Anyways, that was like, so yeah, we're, and we also seem to like our noirs. Yeah. Uh, it's either our kind of like, kind of like country, almost borderline uh, spaghetti western, and then like noirs. So, yeah. yeah. So we're starting to see it. So I, I, I recommend this movie. What else you got? Yeah, and it's kind of like a, a thread on a sweater. We've just, oh kind my of God, yes. Pulled it and just kind of kept falling yeah. into these other. Oh, yeah, no, it's been And great. Criterion's had a lot to do with it as yes. well. Yes. Um, Sterling Hayden was paid $40,000 for this role. Jack Palance, Victor Mature were both considered for the part. Stanley Kubrick. Oh, Jack Palance wouldn't be bad, though. Took no fee. Probably not, yeah. As uh, the director for this film. And he was doing double duty. Yeah. But <laughs> so it's okay. It was worth it because it paid dividends other ways. Now, there's a narration in this film, which I don't remember. I totally forget it as well. But it says that, uh, and we're going to have to go back and watch yep. this again because I have to see. Um, this. They're talking about the narration was added at the studio's insistence. Kubrick hated the idea, and thus he makes much of the info that the narrator provides false or mistaken. Yeah, it's true. And I, and I think we talked about well, it during the movie. The movie, there was one point where it was just like, what he said was clearly fucking wrong. Yeah. And we're like, huh, I wonder if that's meant to like, just to like to throw us off and kind of like keep you like unsure of what's going. But that's going. why. But that's why. It's the big middle finger to the studios. It's weird that studios do that because they did that with another favorite movie of mine, um, Dark City. Where he had made this movie, and they're like, you gotta fucking put the narration because people are stupid and they won't know what's going on. But you don't need it because that's why the movie's there, so we can see it occurring and hear it occurring. And we've known, like, especially we've known throughout because you worked in the industry, you yeah. know how much studios can fuck with movies oh. and make them, oh. like, much worse than they. I know, I just finished reading a book about how long it took to make Freddy vs. Jason, so <laughs> it's like it's 17 scripts or something like that, so yes, studios can be And there's a million more Freddy versus or Freddy, move, Freddy scripts out there. Oh, totally, yeah, it's, anyway. So never be, got made. But yeah, you're right, oh, the studios are just, in a lot of cases, their own worst enemy, for sure. So yeah, this was a good movie. I liked it. Like I said, no nonsense. It starts, it yeah, it's sets out and it does what it says it's going to do. You don't have to be and... sitting around, like I said, less than an hour and a half, really an hour 20. It's, yeah. yeah, you don't have to, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. Okay, cool. So, boom. The killing down. All next. Right. Okay, let me, for the next one, let me, I'm going to play the trailer for this one right off the start. Lord, we thank thee for the blessing of this family vacation and may this entire airplane find safe passage and a bountiful life. Amen. That was beautiful. Oh. I wish my family was more like that. Oh, come in here. Hug it out. Don't you cry. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, better now. <laughs> We're not your typical family. I need you to be my wife for 10 grand. Drug dealing? Oh, it's smuggling. We're just pretending to be a family to smuggle pot across the border. Kenny, meet your new sister. Get it off me. <laughs> we are the Millers. Okay, now here we go. I just simply take my bribe and I'll be on my way. Rose, suck his dick. Fuck you. I'm not sucking anything. See, I'm a man who prefers the company of other men. Oh. David, suck his dick. Rose. Five seconds, Tops. Just cradle the balls. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, get rid of it. You have a baby. No, no, no. Oh, you guys said I am so good at Oh, 
treating like I was a real baby. You know, for a summer project, oh, it teaches the students that nothing ruins your life more than having children. Just stick to the big A. Yeah, anal. Abstinence. Abstinence. Neither makes a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you had me steal from a Mexican drug lord. It's kind of a dick move. You take my drugs. You are the worst family I've ever met. You all die now. We're not even a real family. My wife is just a cheap stripper. Some respect, it's your mother. Fucking fire bit me, David. Where? On my fucking balls. On my balls. On my fucking balls. Oh god. Let me see it. You're not seeing it. We've all seen a dick. We have. Is it bad? Am I gonna lose it? You're gonna die. I can't feel my bingo. I'm afraid your son has had a pretty severe allergic reaction to the spider's venom. Go get my son and bring him and his giant nut out here. That's it. Right stop now. it. <laughs> okay. Where are the Millers? Okay. Um, it's from 2013. It's rated R for crude sexual content, pervasive language, drug material, and brief graphic nudity. <laughs> My kind of movie. Yeah, okay, I'm sold. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> One hour and 50 minutes. Uh, genre, comedy, crime. And the tagline is, if anyone asks. <laughs> okay. Uh, summary. A veteran pot dealer creates a fake family as part of his plan to move a huge shipment of weed into the U.S. from Mexico. There's way more to it than that. Yes, but, but that's, that's kind that's of the good. gist of it. Yeah, yeah. It stars Jason Sudeikis as David Clark, 84 acting credits uh, from 1997 to present, uh, Ted Lasso, Horrible Bosses, lots of SNL, and a movie called Booksmart, which we both love. Uh, Jennifer Aniston as Rose O'Reilly, 72 acting credits from 1988 till now, Office Space, Rockstar, Friends, the Morning Show is an mm-hmm. Apple TV series she's in now. Also, another one that we've kind of come to like, even though it's one of those terrible, good, bad, bad movies, Office Christmas Party. Yes. She's in that too. That's oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I love that movie too. Um, also starring Emma Roberts, Ed Helms, Will Poulter, Nick Offerman, and Catherine Hahn, and a bunch of other. Yeah. Uh, just a like bunch of tons other. of character yeah. actors. And yeah. just, yeah. The director's name is Rawson Marshall Thurber, who I've never heard of before. Yes, you do. Uh, 15 directing credits in, from 1999 till now. Includes 2004's Dodgeball with Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn. Uh, 2016 Central Intelligent with The Rock and credit yeah. Kevin Hart. And Red Notice uh, from 2021 with The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Yeah, I remember. Fuck that movie. We yeah. think I think we watched like half an hour for like fuck. No, this. I think we watched it. Did we? Finish, yeah. I don't recall, man. That was a piece of shit. That movie. Yeah, yeah. We and there's there's yeah, a sequel. There's come, a sequel. Coming well, out. thank fuck for the strike. Writers: Bob Fisher, 18 writing credits from 1999 to present. Wedding Crashers from 2005 with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Hmm. Overboard, the new one, 2018, with Anna Faris and the Mexican guy the, the, from LOL. Yeah, the guy from LOL. Yeah, yeah. what's his face? I, yeah. It's, it's just right there. Uh, uh, Derbez? Derbez? No. Uh, oh, fuck. Yeah, anyways, yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he's a comedian, but okay. No. Steve Faber, eight writing credits from 1995 to present. Married with Children from 1996 to 97. Wedding Crashers and Where the Millers. Hmm. Uh, Steve Anders. 
13 rating credits, 2005 to present. Hot Tub Time Machine, yep. one of our favorite yep, movies. Yeah, one of our faves, yeah. Uh, from 2010 with John Cusack, Rob Corddry. Dumb and Dumber 2, which a movie that was horrible. Horribly bad, yeah. Uh, 2014 with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. And <laughs> Spirited, a Christmas movie from 2022 oh, with Will yeah. Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, and Octavia you, Spencer. You love it that one. It was a musical. Yeah. Yeah. I really love Octavia Spencer in that Yeah, movie. she can be good in a lot of things. I never really paid much attention to she her. She can be serious or she can be hilarious and crazy. Yeah, she was really good. Uh, filming locations, New Mexico and North Carolina. Yeah, it's funny, that actually, that you mentioned uh, actually quite a few movies in there. You talk about Hot Tub Time Machine, and you said this director had done Dodgeball before, and that's where this movie fits. And actually, when I was writing this all down, before I had looked up that he was the one who directed Dodgeball, Dodgeball was my equivalent. It's like, it's a movie where it's a simple plot, it's a simple story. You know the story, you've seen it. We've got to get drugs from here to there, fish out of water, it's a fake family, and they have to get through situations. Dodgeball, they're underdogs, all these different... It's a very similar structure. Yeah, the it's same, formulaic. But it's fucking hilarious. Like it's you know formulaic, but you but it works because the people involved or like the jokes or the way they're delivering, just like dodgeball or hot tub time machine, it's it's fucking great. This yeah. is raunchier than either one of those, oh, God, yeah. which is hilarious because <laughs> I was not expecting. I wasn't that. yeah. Well, we didn't we didn't know right because this is one of those ones that had a, a uneven score. So we just kind of stumbled in this one. So we're the Millers, uh, like you said, twenty thirteen. Hour and 50, which I'll say, I think the running time's a bit long. Because at the end, I think it kind of runs out of steam a bit, where it's like it's almost like kind of a false ending, and then it goes a bit yeah. more. But that's my only gripe about it. Short it down, hour 40 at most. It's, it's what I would what I would consider like a stoner kind of comedy. I mean, it's a little bit more than that, but that's... Keep it short for a stoner. Um, so streaming, uh, rent or buy on Prime, Google, Apple. It's not on any of them. Check local cable. If you have cable still, like us, we still have it. it actually, we find quite a few things on, on there. Just do a little search. Yeah. And Blu-ray and DVD. It's not in 4K, but it's out there. Buy it. Uh, the ratings. Internet Movie Database gets a set, gives it a 7, which I agree with. That's, yeah. that's about yeah. right. Meta score of 44, but a meta user score of 7. Of Rotten Tomatoes gives it 48% rotten, but the users give it a 75% fresh. Yeah, that's, so, that's more accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like critics fucking hated it. Everybody yeah. else loved it. Yeah, and that's why this why it's in this in slot. this category. It's you will, a, this is where you're gonna find disparity. you're gonna find movies like this into this category from now on, where they're like you either liked it or you fucking hated it. Yeah, the, <laughs> the critics hated it. The people loved, loved it. it. In this case, yeah, <laughs> this is for sure. Uh, music by Ludwig Göransson. That's better. Uh, Swedish composer with 74 credits, one Oscar win for 2019's Black Panther score. Other credits include The Mandalorian, Oppenheimer, Creed, Creed 2, Community. This guy is in, like fucking everything. Oh, I love yeah. his Mandalorian it's, score. is amazing. Yeah, and some really good, like, Creed. love Creed, the Creed series. Creed series and, is great, too, especially yeah. the first two. Yeah. Uh, the third one was still good, but the, that, those first two really, man, yeah, wow. totally. Uh, also did the music, Theodore Shapiro. American film composer with uh, 92 credits, one primetime Emmy for Severance. Other credits include Yellow mm -hmm. Jackets, Tropic Thunder, and The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which... I love that movie. You're a huge fan yeah, of that. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. That would probably be on our show eventually. Same with Tropic Thunder, because speaking of... It fits into this kind of... This category, so... <clears throat> uh, cinematography. 
by Barry Peterson, uh, DP with 29 credits, known for the newest Dungeons and Dragons movie, which was oh, pretty. I liked, yeah, I liked that, that one, was really yeah. solid. He did, he did that. Good. He was a DP for The Good Place, which we probably. Oh. Yeah, we should probably Man, put that on the I list. I love that series. Yeah, the good place. I've, I've been through it three times already, and would do it again. So maybe we should review it on the show. And he also did Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street, which both we both movies. enjoyed. Yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, that we enjoyed. Um. So yeah, that's that's me. So we're just into the the, <laughs> the, notes, and shit. the notes and shit. Yeah, and right away I talked <laughs> about it. Like I said, you know the plot beats. You know the but it's just how fucking funny it is. Like I said, dodgeball. Oh my God. It is. It just gets off, and it's just like sometimes it relies just on like how insanely crude it could be, but it doesn't do that very often. It's more about it's just like the fucked up situations. Like, I just some of the stuff with the part there they showed in the trailer with the the Guzman or uh, Luis Guzman guy who has the Mexican cop. I mean, we've never had to suck anybody's dick, but we've kind of had something like that happen in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> this where where the cops was like, okay, give me my bribe and I'll be on my way. That has happened to us. <laughs> yeah. We had to bribe a cop once. No dick sucking, so I'm happy about that. Take me the money. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, just five seconds. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I was just looking here. I I think there's an uncut or an unrated version out there. I think we might have grabbed that. So. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, and I think uh, I couldn't imagine it being any more risque than it was already. Yeah, so to, for a movie. Yeah, and like I said, it's good cast. That the young guy in there that gets his gets his nut bit by the spider. Will Poulter. Paul Poulter. He's obviously he's in a ton of things now. Like yeah, the he's, Guardians. Yeah, he's Guardian of the Galaxy. Uh, what was it? American. Uh, he was on a Netflix show. Remember they're doing the show about um, someone had pooped, left the left the shit somewhere. Will Poulter was in that. Yeah, he was like the, one of the main characters. Yeah. Oh, I Fuck, what was it called? It. I wish I would have written it down now. It was a great show yeah, I can't on, the name on of it either. Prime. They did two seasons of it. It was a parody. Parody show. Yeah. A parody of like of the true crime thing. Yeah. You're yeah. like, who, who left a shit in the urinal? Yeah. Was that kind of thing, right? <laughs> so it was fucking good. Um, and yeah, you were saying too that they were uh, there was a sequel in development. Yeah. Uh, something I found along my journeys. It didn't really give many details, yeah. but we're the Millers too. We'll be waiting for. I honestly, considering how big of a fucking hit this movie was, I can't believe it's taken them more than ten years to figure it out. Yeah, and I have to say, from my perspective, I'm sorry we waited so long to watch it. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's funny how we just like it never crossed our path. I was so pleasantly surprised by this movie. Yeah, it was hilarious. It I was, thought, yeah. and like the whole. Uh, Nick Offerman oh, and yes. Catherine Hahn couple, the, the you know overly religious people and overly religious, but at the same time they're always trying to have like group sex with them <laughs> yeah. or swing with them. There were so many things about this movie that were hilarious. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So would you recommend it, My Angel Pie? Oh yes, yes. yeah, yeah, totally. If you're looking for a fun, silly kind of kind of raunchy comedy. Yeah, I don't know if you had a few drinks, whatever kind of day, it's a bit of a smoke, whatever. Check oh, yeah, this, check this out. If you need a good laugh. A good laugh, yeah, yeah. And you're not a prude. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Then, Like, the, the the there's a scene in here where Jennifer Aniston does striptease, and it's just, like, mouth-dropping. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I kind of think of her as being a stuck-up stuck, Yeah, still a little actress, stuck up, yeah, yeah. But not, like, and she's that way in the office, Christmas office. Uh, uh, office Christmas party. Yeah, office yeah. Christmas party. And um, she's like her role, the, the role she plays in this is very surprising to me, and yeah, it makes credit. me like her. Yeah, it gives me credit because like because she has that kind of thing, but in this movie, she's just like 
just totally throwing it all, oh, all yeah. over herself out there. And oh, yeah. Yeah, like you said, it was a pretty pretty good striptease. Like, it was well shot, and she did a good job. And yeah, yeah. yeah it was, uh, so I hope they do a second one. Yeah, me too. I'll be, there, I'll be so there for it. What else? Is anything else? Um, yeah, just a little bit of trivia. Despite oh, the subject yeah. matter, no character has ever seen consuming marijuana. It's true. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Steve Buscemi were all considered for the, or the role of David Clark. It was the 16th biggest grossing film of 2013. That's crazy. Uh, and that's it for me. Okay. Good that's listen, it. So. so, were the Millers down? Down, yeah. And recommended. Okay. I'm just going to start the trailer for the next one. So another trailer, not much talking. <laughs> but the music's good. Yeah. Okay, so what? So obviously, okay, the the movie is Pee Wee's Big Adventure because uh, recently, as you may know, Paul Rubens passed away. Very sad, uh, battling health issues that no one knew about. Yeah, not uh, even closest friends by the sounds of it. No, he wasn't another fairly young dude. He was just what, just sixty or something like that. Uh, I can't remember his age, but no, he 60. wasn't very old. No, so yeah, so it was uh, another. <clears throat> Another shitty thing piled on shitty things in uh, in the death category. Yeah, that lately. was a shocker for yeah. sure to, to read that. I thought it was... So I was just going to take a quick sip here. So what kind of kicked this whole thing off when we're talking about our new way of doing things, I had originally intended Phil Hartman to be the first, uh, the first uh, actor that we talked about that we yeah. loved who's been dead. And then Paul Rubens died. And then it's like, well, holy fuck. Well, we got to do this then. We got to do not only got to do Paul Rubens first, but man, this covers both Paul Rubens and starts Phil Hartman well, as well. Well, did we know? No, we didn't. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, this is just one, one, one. You talk about threads before. This is this is a big thread here too. There's lots of offshoots and shit here. So, you want to get cracking, baby? Alrighty. Get cracking. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, uh, 1985, rated PG, one hour and 31 minutes. It's called. Or its a genre is adventure, comedy, yeah. and family. Yeah. And tagline, you will believe a man can ride a bike. <laughs> okay, summary. When eccentric man-child Pee Wee Herman gets his beloved bike stolen in broad daylight, he sets out across the U.S. on the adventure of his life. Starring Paul Reb Rubens as Pee Wee Herman, 
122 acting credits from 1968 to 2023. He was in... 1980, Cheech and Chong's next movie. 1986, uh, he was the voice in Flight of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator, oh my God. Of the spaceship. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's done of uh, voice work. And recently we've seen him in What We Do in the Shadows. Yes, oh in my that God. hilarious episode. Uh, yes, I don't want to spoil the cameo, but, you know, if you're a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, go watch an episode. It was episode seven, I think, of the first season. My God, go watch it. It is is great. They have so many vampire cameos in there that just yeah, that show's yeah. so awesome. But yeah, yes, the show itself is awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's so many things with Paul Rubens and it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, continue on, sir. Um, and Elizabeth Daly as Dottie, his love interest in quotations. <laughs> beard. She's in love with him, but he wants nothing. He to do wants with her. nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, Two hundred and thirty-four acting credits from nineteen seventy-eight to present. Lots and lots of voice work. She's done. Elastigirl in 2004, The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Um, Shorty from 2007's Land of Time of Before Time. Buttercup from the Powderpuff Girls. And Tommy Pickles from the Rugrats. Plus, she's oh, done well, a few yeah, movies yeah, yeah. sporadically in there. Shit. Her face was familiar. Yeah. I've seen her in film before. Oh, no, like you said, her voice is more But familiar, she right does now. a lot of, of voice work. Uh, director Tim Burton, 41 directing credits uh, to his name, 1971 to present. 1984's Frankenweenie, an animated That was a uh, short movie. that got him started. It uh, wasn't a movie, it was just a short. Oh, I thought it was the actual movie. No, this is I his... I thought he did the movie as well. That after. Okay. Way, way long, like... Okay, no, so Frank maybe not from 84, Frankenweenie, but... Fra- No, it, it is, because that's how he started with a, di- a short at Disney, that Frankenweenie with the dog, right? Yeah, yeah. That's his very first, but this is his first movie. Right. Mo- yeah, mo- yeah. Like movie movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he just did shorts before that. Yeah. Um, Two of them, like you said. 1988, Beetlejuice with Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, and Michael Keaton. 1989's Batman with Michael Keaton and Kim Basinger. 1990's Edward Scissorhands with Johnny Depp, Winona Ryder. 1996, Mars Attacks with Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Batman Pierce Returns. Pierce Brosnan, Sarah, and J- uh, Sarah Jackson Parker. And, yeah, that's just a few. He's got way Ed more. Wood. Yeah, Ed Wood. Yeah. Yeah. God yeah. Damn. Just, yeah, just the thought of going like he he hadn't done really anything other than one one or two shorts. They they the, the studio's like here do this thing, and it's just like can you imagine then he this is a hit and then the next movie is fucking Beetlejuice and then it's like just boom it's gone he's, yeah. he's off and running. Uh, written by and here's the thread Phil Hartman. <laughs> yeah, Phil Hartman. Ten writing credits from 1980 to 2011. He did uh, all the Saturday Night Live specials for the best of Robin Williams himself and John Lovitz. And he also wrote Pee Wee Herman's show on Broadway. Uh, yeah, a bunch of things, actually. Not, not only that. So, um, yeah, Phil Hartman, he wrote this, but he also was a mainstay on Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse, the TV show. Mm, yeah. And then, of course, like The Simpsons and stuff. So that's why Phil Hartman is going to be one of my first, because not only do I think about him often, but like he's so ingrained in my childhood. And it's just like he's another one of those threads. And he's one of those hunky Canadian actors. Yeah, good Canadian boy. Uh, Paul Rubens, 12 writing credits, 1981 to 2016. Uh, The Pee Wee Herman Show, Big Top Pee Wee, and Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Big Top Pee Wee was weird. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and then the last writer, a guy named Michael Varhall, four writing credits from 1979 to 89, but he also wrote um, novels. Yeah. One called The Last Word, which was made into a movie in 1979 with Richard Harris and Karen Black. 
and The Big Picture. It was made into a movie in 1989, starring Kevin Bacon and Jennifer Jason mm-hmm. Lee. So filming locations all in California, Cabazon, Santa Clarita, Santa Monica, and South Pasadena. Yeah, it's weird they say he sets out on a cross cross country journey and really it's just like it's really not he's just trying to find his bike yeah he's just trying to find his bike yeah yeah, yeah um okay I'll, re- I'll finish up my stuff first uh the streaming uh you buy what's like buy rent on prime apple google once again check cable blu-ray dvd i couldn't find it on streaming anywhere it's amazing that's, this is why we push on the show we push physical media because you can't watch these movies and what's the fucking point hit the torrents then man go and get it it's 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 not fair. If you're going to have all this stuff out there, you're going to charge us money, give us the movies we want, and we want Pee-wee. <laughs> um, music. Okay, actually, no, ratings. Internet Movie da- Database gives it a 7. Uh, Metascore of 47, but the user score is 7.4. So once again, the Metacritics didn't like it, but the users loved it. Rotten Tomatoes, 88% fresh, 79% user score. So that's closer. People yeah. fucking love it, yeah. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes seems to be the closest to what we would rate movies. Yeah. Mostly, um, yeah. Over IMDb and... Yeah, and then, like, yeah. It's... I mean, we always look at the Metacritic scores, but yeah. Uh, music, Danny Elfman. Uh, big fan, of, <laughs> fan yeah. of Danny Elfman on this show. I love that man. Uh, American musician and composer, uh, 139 credits. Best known for, besides <laughs> Oingo Boingo, he's best known for The Simpsons theme, um, The Nightmare Before Christmas, The Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, uh, Beetlejuice and the Beetlejuice theme, uh, Batman theme, Batman Returns. He fucking did the score for uh, the theme for Fable, one of your favorite video games, and he did the score or created the theme for Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. does everything yeah. man you look at this from the from like the 80s and the 90s i mean even now he's just as prolific as back then but everything you can think of that you love he probably had a hand in it and we we had the pleasure of seeing him do a set on coachella yeah when he's doing his tour with his last own, year yeah last year last, last coachella last not this coachella. one yeah it would the be the one before. before yeah and amazing 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 show yeah amazing <laughs> it's probably on youtube somewhere if you want to go take a look for it if you're a Danny Elfman fan. There'll be chunks of it. I don't know if it ever got f- like fully released, but someone's got it for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. Uh, like I said, we love that guy. And uh, cinematography by Victor J. Kemper, American DP with 59 credits, which include Jingle All the Way, which is one of the worst Christmas movies ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tommy Boy, uh, 1988's Hot to Trot. Just throwing that out there. Uh, you know Hot to Trot? Did you ever see that one? No. Bobcat Goldwaith and a fucking talking horse. Oh, I, I would watch it just because Bobcat Bob Bobcat Goldwaith is yeah. in it. Off to Trot, 1988. And National Lampoon's Vacation. So he's done some some good stuff. Tommy Boy's fantastic. Yeah. Another another Tommy Boy kind of fits into the category of like where the Millers and stuff. It's just that kind of comedy. Yeah. Um, Not as raunchy, obviously. No, not as raunchy. Uh, okay, so for me, it's just in the notes and shit. I just want to say like... Obviously, I I love this movie, and hadn't we hadn't hadn't seen it forever, as as a child, this is, this is childhood. Pee Wee had a huge influence on me and my like comedy and stuff. But uh, so for me, it's like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which led to Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. So then, most of the people who worked on, including Phil Hartman, most of the people went to work on Pee Wee's Playhouse, which I fucking watched religiously forever. And then, um, and then it went from. 
That's what formed and shaped my love of Pee Wee and, and Phil Hartman, and then Phil Hartman, of course, The Simpsons. So it's like, like I said, my childhood is always like Phil Hartman's been a voice in the back. SNL too, right? Oh yeah. So he's yeah, always his always. voice has always been in like the background. So yeah, and news radio. News radio. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I fucking love that show so much. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, just thinking about that because I always think about John Lovitz. We've talked about this before. That John Lovitz has said that it's like it's fucking Andy Dick's fault that we're without Phil Hartman. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I always think about that. Stupid Andy Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Stupid cocaine. <laughs> <The> stupid cocaine. <laughs> uh, yeah, R.I.P. Paul. And uh, the, the, one of the things I love about this movie, too, there's a bunch, but between Paul Rubens and Danny Elfman's score, that's it's like 100% of the pure energy this movie does to move forward. Between Pee Wee's just insane, like, sugared, coked up, like, antics, and Dan Elfman's coked up score. It just pushes this movie through sheer, sheer will. Like, it doesn't... And it's not even a very long... You said an hour... Hour 30, right? Yeah, okay, perfect. Well, one of the other things that surprises me is how much the stuff I remember actually kind of comes towards, like, the back half of the movie. Yeah. Like, tequila... Well, when you haven't seen it for... And that's my favorite Yeah. Movie. I love it when he does that tequila... <laughs> tequila, tequila dance, dance and is up the on the bar, and he do this yeah. little thing. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, so stuff like that, and then from there, it's like this the thing with the pet shop, and then the going through the studios, and the thing with Twisted Sister, that's like in the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie, I think? Yeah. So I was kind of surprised about that, watching how condensed certain parts were. Um, the large barge thing always terrified me. As a fucking kid, I just long as I couldn't watch that scene, man. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I, I would like, I could hear it. I'm just like, no, I can't see that. Especially because she doesn't blink through the whole thing. No, I know. And like, there's lots of sleepless nights because of that scene. But the cool part is, is that that was created by the same guys who created the killer clowns from outer space. The uh, Chiodo brothers. Right. Who also did the dolls for Team America. They, oh. Yeah. They did the large Marge. The, oh, the, the, like, the claymation part of it, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, oh, there's so much to like about this movie. One of my favorite things, too, is right at the fucking end when, when Brolin's playing Pee Wee and Pee Wee's actually at the desk being the receptionist. And they actually have the fucking, they dubbed over his voice. So anytime he talks, it's just like, Paging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman, there's a front call at the desk. It's just like, it's fucking, man, I love this movie. Paul <laughs> Rubens is hilarious. And not just that, like, for when he is in Reno 911, his character in Reno 911 is fucking hilarious, and, uh, oh, man, there's so much stuff. So, yeah, we're going to cover him this month. How about you? Let's hear from you about this. Yeah, I always, I watched a lot of Pee Wee Playhouse, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Um, I uh, thought he was always, uh, uh, I love his little giggle. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's always just, like, yeah. jacked up and having a good time. Yeah, and I thought it was, um, it was a really good kid show i thought it was yeah yeah and it's funny i got it downloaded i'm actually gonna watch a bunch we're gonna watch a bunch of it again because i just want to see it because apparently like fucking rob zombie was a part of the show at one point oh, obviously yeah. not as rob zombie but just yeah. as like as a i don't yeah, know if he, was, uh, if he worked in it or not or if he was just like uh one of the disposable characters but yeah. but like i said that's just yeah there was so much that came out of this so many different directions and we said we, we talked about this before too the groundlings thing yeah and how much we everybody talks about Chicago, uh, Second City in Chicago, but the Groundlings oh. just pumped out fucking insane amount of comedians yeah, that totally. we enjoyed. Totally, totally. They've, you know, almost every episode of uh, it's called Fly on the Wall. Yeah, Fly on the Wall. It's yeah, a with... podcast being done now by uh, David Spade and Dana Carvey. Yeah, and they talk to old SNL members, and so many of them, 
Yeah. Groundlings. Groundlings. And just like straight out of no Groundlings. I had no idea that that group even existed. In fact, that. that's where SNL started was that Lauren Michaels, I think just like, because the Groundlings were doing a show at midnight on the weekend. That's right. So we Lauren Michaels see, went in there, I think yeah. just bought them. And it's just like, we're going to do the show. And yeah. that's how it actually started was from the Groundlings. Yeah. Even though they, they yeah, grabbed so a bunch many, of people from Second City and So shit. many comedians, oh, actors yeah. are from that Groundlings group. Yeah. Oh, that's ama- yeah, it's amazing. And uh, yeah, not to recommend other podcasts, but that's a, if you're interested in the SNL kind of like history and shit, go check out that podcast. It's really interesting. But always come back to us. But first, yeah, come listen to us first, and then them. Uh, another thing I love is that even as a young kid, I love Twisted Sisters in here, only for a quick moment. They're filming yeah. a video, and yeah. Pee-wee breaks in. Yeah. Like, yay. Um, yeah, I said Brolin is Pee-wee. That fucking makes me laugh every time. And that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's that's it for me. It's just like a huge yeah, recommended. Yeah, like this movie. It's, it's like fun. Fr- it's a fun kid's yeah. movie. It's yeah. like. It's innocent. There's no like fucking tits or violence. It's just him trying to get his bike back, and he lives in this house that I, I don't know how a person who clearly has like some pretty like big uh, OCD problems. He's got like a Rube Goldberg machine that makes his breakfast. His whole house is a big giant mousetrap puzzle. What happens if you take a shit? Do you have to like pull some lever and it does the thing, and then it like comes down and it's a ball? I don't have time for that. <laughs> Just to make his breakfast, he's got to wait. He's got to go through those. I, I, anyways, I love that stuff. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, okay. Um, that's it. All we're, right. We're back. Uh, so Tim Burton's directorial directorial review. Oh, and the bike company who supplied them with the oh, bikes yeah. for the movie, they were offered ten thousand dollars and no credit on the movie, <laughs> or movie credit. Or movie credit. Which one do you want? Movie they, credit. They took the money. Oh, I would have taken the movie credit. Yeah, they took the money. Yeah, so what kind of triggered that? Because it would get out. You know what would get out there as to who to so, the bikes and stuff. So you said Tim Burton's first movie. Yeah. Danny Elfman's first movie. He actually turned it down the first time. Because he's like, he literally said, I don't know how to write music. Yeah. Uh, the guy from fucking, oh my God. Guy from fucking Oingo Poingo. He's like, I don't know what well, a band. But not only that, but look <laughs> at his track record from then yeah. till now. Creating some of the biggest, iconic music pieces ever. Wow, <laughs> that blows me away. Yeah, uh, Paul Rubens had to go and convince him. He's like, look, man. And then, of course, once Danny Elfman's like, oh, once I heard it played by an orchestra. He's yeah, like, I used to uh, I used to listen to Oinko Blanco. I, prob- I owned CDs mm-hmm. back in the day from, that, from them. Not realizing not, yeah, I think nobody it realized. was Danny Elfman. So yeah, like a lot of firsts there. So yeah, uh, recommended and uh, anything. Yeah, totally. I recommend it as well. Anything you'd like to say before we wrap it up here? It was fine. Um, well, first of all, thanks for listening. Yeah, it feels good to be back. Actually, it's good. I yeah, was kind so... of, I was kind of having a hard time getting into it today yeah. after so many weeks off. And uh, well, I like we have a, a pro- we have like a structure to it yeah. now too, so it's easier for us to like plug things in and get things done. Yeah, we so. have all of month all the month of September all uh, yeah. mapped out. And uh, we'll sit down in a week or so and talk about October. Yeah, and we'll figure October out. So you know, with the record collection, it was all like predetermined. It's easy; for just us. pull three, boom, yeah. boom, 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 and boom. that was that. And we did it till there was no more records yeah. left. <laughs> but now we kind of have to put some thought into it. We have to think. We have to curate uh, the collection. We have to curate our, our thing a bit more. But like you said, though, once you start pulling on threads for one thing, other things always pop up. Oh like, yeah. I mean, this first yeah. episode back is an example of that. I mean, how many times did this first episode kind of change and shuffle? Yeah. So. Yeah, and we're finding out that the uh, movie industry is just as incestuous as the music, music. industry. Oh, yeah, it is. Music industry. Industry, it is. Yeah, for sure. 
especially once you see like how these, this kind of this movie get made. It's just like, hey, you want to be in this movie? And then they go and continue making movies with the exact same people forever. Well, and that was the story behind Tim Burton getting the job is that they had a director attached to it and they, they dropped out or they didn't. And so yeah, it was so, somebody went like to that. a party and said, I'm yeah. looking for a director. Do you know somebody? And they yeah. suggested Tim Burton. Yeah, because Elliot had done nothing. And yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, sure. Here's yeah. a low-budget movie, low-budget comedy, family comedy. Go ahead. So it was just also serendipitous for a, a bunch of people. Since we're kind of just wrong. Actually, now we kind of wrapped it up, I actually have one more, two more trivia things about this movie, actually. Okay. Uh, the bike thing. Pee-wee had been hired by Warner Brothers to write a script. He didn't have Pee-wee at the time. He was just, like, writing shit, and it wasn't working. So he's just sitting on this on the lot one day, and because of people know that they use bikes to get around, like bikes like those. So that was it. He was sitting there. Fucking guy went by on a bike. He's like, done. And he like popped it out in like a day or two, and oh, he's like, wow. here you go. And but going back to that part too is that before that, uh, Paul Rubens had actually said that him and Phil Hartman and the other the Michael guy. They had no idea how to write a script. So much so to the point they... Well, the guy knew how to write novels, No, Yeah, but not, a, not yeah. a script. So they literally, the three of them went out and bought a book on how to write a script, sat down, read it together, and followed it exactly how the book told them to write this <laughs> write <the> script. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you got to start somewhere, I guess. Wow. You just Google that shit now, or ChatGBT will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's AI right, now. Pee-wee Herman ooh, movie. Write <laughs> anything you want. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, thank okay. you. For, thank you for listening. It's good to be back, and yeah. we'll see you next week. Yep. Okay. Bye.